It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans? Happy Friday. Welcome to the Locked On Bengals podcast. A lot of people, radio circuit in particular, are looking for ways to keep us from Joe Burrow. Should Joe Burrow tell the Bengals, don't draft me? Should the Bengals trade down? That's Tony Pike. That's Dan Patrick. Jason Whitlock. Mark Slareth. It's a good number of people out there that think, Joe Burrow should either tell the Bengals no or the Bengals need way more than a quarterback. They need to trade back. We're going to address that whole conversation. And then it's Friday, so that means free agent Friday, right, Joe? We've got four four more teams to look at here that have been kicked out of the playoffs. That's right. We're going to look at the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Ravens, and Texans. And none of them really have positions that immediately we would look at in terms of offensive line, linebacker. We're going to have to dig deep at some maybe some upgrades that are available yeah so we'll take a look at those teams later on in the show but first let's talk about the whole burrow to cincinnati narrative so it's been in the news in the radio circuit in particular even in local cincinnati radio today tony pike went on moegger's show and said the bengals should trade back here's why they should trade back so let's talk about the joe burrow should say no to cincinnati the the Bengals should trade back because they have too many holes. And then the, the good news, after all this, Jim Burrow went on the radio in Montreal today, of all places. He used to play for the Montreal Alouettes. Jim Burrow, Joe Burrow's dad, talked about Joe Burrow's future in the NFL and said that he's still undecided about the Senior Bowl. But first, the Joe Burrow shouldn't go to Cincinnati narrative. Joe, how should we as Cincinnati fans, listeners, take this argument that's so prevalent in the national media right now well i think first we shouldn't take it personal i see a lot of fans and people of cincinnati taking it as a shot of at them or their city i don't think it's that i think it's directly a shot at mike brown and the way they do business in at paul brown stadium uh and having said that i think objectively sure i'd never want to go to a bad team or, or a team that doesn't seem to be able to put it together i'd love to go to the patriots instead or the or the saints but Take the Saints for a great example. What were the Saints before they got Drew Brees? I think the league is so dependent on getting that quarterback that this is all noise. We can look at the other teams that would possibly be interested in going up and getting Burrow, whether that would be the Redskins or the Lions or the Dolphins or the Jaguars, the Panthers. Uh, it's 
it's a bunch of teams that are very similar to the Bengals. Sure, maybe one of them, like the Panthers, have made it to the Super Bowl in the last 15 years. But other than that, these teams have relatively had less success than the Bengals in the last 15 years. I would say that this is just a narrative to push right now. It's all noise. We shouldn't worry about it. But it's not uncommon for people to get concerned about a top prospect going to a bad organization. You can look back and search on Twitter, as you said, Jake, before, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, both for the Jets and the Browns, respectively, pundits were saying the exact same thing. They're going to ruin him. He sh- they shouldn't go there. You go back and look at the Deshaun Watson class as well. There was Colin Cowherd, I believe, amongst others, saying Deshaun Watson shouldn't go to Cleveland. And even PFT, Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio had a whole post saying, should, he just asked a question, should Deshaun Watson tell Cleveland, don't draft me? and kind of argue both sides of it a little bit in in his post on the topic. Whereas the media, Whitlocks, the Dan Patrick, Andrew Perloff, etc., people that have no intimate familiarity with the Bengals say that's a terrible run organization. They're cheap. Joe Burrow is going to go there. They've had a lot of talent. They've never won. What if they win a couple of those playoff games, right? Carson Palmer doesn't get his knee blown out. Andy Dalton doesn't break his thumb. Probably not even having this conversation It is fair to say, though, that there are some things the Bengals do that no one else in the NFL does. This was a long list that I had a conversation on Twitter with a bunch of our listeners today. And there are things, for sure, that the Bengals do that are unique. But if you're going to just say no good players should go to bad teams, you're getting rid of a third of the NFL. That's exactly right. I think the hidden thing or the thing we don't like to talk about with a lot of these teams is that maybe eight to ten teams a year are actually trying to win the Super Bowl. And I say this because not every team is in position to to win a Super Bowl every year. But then you have about 20 other teams that are like, yeah, you know, we're not going to push the envelope. We may add a couple players, but we are a year or two away. And then I do think you have your bottom six or so teams that are dysfunctional and can't seem to put it all together no matter what. The Bengals currently are in those that group of six. But just recently, four years ago, they were on a stretch where they weren't, where they were one of those 10 teams that legitimately had a shot to win one. And it's easy to forget, but back in the first half of the decade, the Bengals were one of the best drafting teams in the NFL. And Joel Corey wrote for CBSSports.com that the Bengals were one of the model franchises in the NFL. They're not there now. Regardless of that, we have some good news as well, Joe, from Jim Burrow. Yeah, Jimmy Burrow was on TSN 690 in Montreal, and they asked him about the prospects of being drafted by the Bengals. And is that something they've discussed as a family? And this is what he said, quote, We've talked about potentially being drafted by Cincinnati. I can be in my seat in three and a half hours driving from Athens, Ohio, and that's certainly a positive. If you're the top pick or one of the top picks, you're always going, that's the way the NFL draft is set up. You're not going to a team that has a great record. So he's excited to even be in that conversation, and if the Bengals do draft him, he's going to be happy. What a humble family, right? This isn't anything like Eli Manning coming out. This isn't anything like John Elway. This is a guy, and you see this with most first-round picks, we're happy to be in the conversation. We're happy to have an opportunity to be drafted first overall, no matter what it is. And it does mean that he's going to make more money, too. Like, that is part of the equation. It's not as much as it used to be, but he's making more money than anyone else in this draft class. So good for him. I think it may stem from their humble beginnings. Burrow was, what, a day three pick just last year. They're from 
Ohio. I think uh, this is much different than Elway, who was a top baseball prospect, also always known as a top pick. And then Eli coming from, you know, obviously the Manning family where his brother was just a top pick also. So different scenario, different backgrounds here. Yeah, totally different situation, I think. And I'm glad that Jimmy Burrow said all this today. Kind of put, kind of puts it to rest, mm-hmm. right? This isn't something that we need to stress about. But I think the other conversation happening is the one that Tony Pike brought up about trading back. Would you take, you know, three first round picks from Carolina and a couple second round picks to do it? And I think that's a legitimate question. If that sort of offer is on the table, it just gets really hard to evaluate. You have, mm-hmm. on the one hand, three, four, five first round picks, second round picks, whatever it is. On the other hand, you have a quarterback that right now you and I believe is a franchise changer, could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for the next 8 to 15 years. Yeah, and I think the easiest way to look at it is who are the last three first-rounders, who are the last two second-rounders? And you're going to go, it's John Ross, it's Billy Price, and it's Jonah Williams, and it's Jesse Bates and Drew Sample. Are you taking that for Joe Burrow? Nobody is. And I know that's like worst-case scenario because they've had better stretches than that, but it's the most realistic scenario that you're probably – never going to get enough compensation. Put it this way. Would would the Chiefs tra- uh, trade Mahomes for anything? I don't think they'd ever get to a number. You can give them 10 first-round picks, and I just don't see how that plays to their advantage. Would the Patriots have traded Tom Brady 15 years ago, 10 years ago for 10 first-round picks? They don't win the next few Super Bowls because of it. It's not worth it, ever. We're talking about quarterback. It's such a different position because it's a requirement that you have one, and it if you have an elite one, you're now with those top six to 10 teams that legitimately think they can win it. Let's take their best years of drafting here and say okay. they get these players in exchange for Joe Burrow. They could get like AJ Green if they end up with one of those picks being a top five pick. That's the Bengals' best first round pick in a while. So say you get AJ Green, Kevin Zeitler, Tyler Eifert, uh, say, you know, Gino, sorry, not Gino, Carlos Dunlap, and Gio Bernard. Drake or Patrick would probably be the other first rounder. I'm trying to be in, in consecutive order here, well, I, right? I'm giving a best case. Like these are the Bengals' well, best first round picks. We should probably go in in order because it's hard to do it in it's it's hard to nail your picks in order, right? That that aside, even if they got best case, is that enough for the what we it's think not. could be the best right. quarterback? And no, no, you're right. We don't even have to argue it because that's not enough. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the start and end of the trade back conversation for me. We believe Joe Burrow can be a franchise-changing quarterback on this podcast. And the only way that trading back could ever make sense is if you could somehow guarantee me Tua and health and also a bunch of picks. Because there's so much more risk with Tua. Exactly. In his age, I would say, okay, I'm get, getting a young franchise quarterback like Cam Newton. I don't even want it. Just give me a second-round no. pick. I don't even – I have no interest in Cam. The salary, the age, the health questions. It's just right. – uh, it'd be like, okay, you take Cam. We'll give you an extra first-round pick. Brock Osweiler right. kind of trade. Anyway, right. we've got to get to this free agency Friday. But first, Abco Safety, our longtime returning sponsor, is still sponsoring the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Abco Safety is a safety distributor located in Cincinnati, partnered with 3M for the third time to sponsor the Locked On Bengals podcast. We greatly appreciate their loyalty and recurring sponsorship. That means a great deal to us. And because of that, we've got some gear from Abco Safety already. And you can check out all the stuff that they do have on their website, www.abcosafety.com. Keep in mind, though, those are retail prices. They'll set up corporate pricing for you when you set up a corporate account. Joe, what are the goods today? 
I'm looking at the Epitome 98 series headband. I was doing some work with power tools and I usually use uh, earplugs, but when the kids are talking to me, I can't pull those in and out. So I wanted a headband, earmuffs. These things go up to 98 decibels for noise canceling. This is exactly what I need. They have exactly what you need to. Give them a call, 513-672-1818. Get that corporate pricing going if you qualify and let them know you heard about it from the Lockdown Bengals podcast so they know you heard about them from us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back on Free Agent Friday, we did a bunch of this last week. We look at every playoff team that has been eliminated, go through the roster and see, are any of these players fits for the Bengals, maybe potential upgrades? We've been looking primarily for offensive linemen and linebackers, but it seems like everybody else has the same issue the Bengals do, and those Teams aren't just, you know, throwing away these guys. It looks like there's really nothing out there through most teams we've been through before. We did write some guys down from last week, but with this group, just not there. We'll start off in the NFC as the Vikings pretty much manhandled by the 49ers. They have some good players coming up free agents. Number one in particular, he's high on PFF's board. Uh, He's someone that when we did our redraft, I can't remember, that had to be 2016, uh, when we did best player available that year, using my board Anthony Harris would have been one of our picks in the sixth round Jake if you remember that episode and now he's a free agent he's been fantastic for the Vikings he's one of the most underrated players in the game this is one of those situations and we're gonna have a bunch of them today where it's not directly a need you can go with Sean Williams and Jesse Bates if you wanted to next year but there's a few of these guys here that would just represent significant upgrades whether you're going from an a solid starter average starter to an elite starter or good starter I think this one would be one that's worth it. Now, safeties are getting paid recently, but I'd do it. He's young enough. You could pair him with Bates for a long time. And I like Sean Williams, but he's coming off his worst year also. I think this will represent a significant enough upgrade to make the payment worth it. Anthony Harris was on PFS list of all pro snubs, and he's probably, by their grading, the biggest omission from the all pro team. I don't even know if he got a pro bowl bid this year. And if he didn't, that's way off. He is getting a market value from SportTrack at $13.8 million for his average annual salary, comparing him to guys like Eddie Jackson, Tyran Matthew, Earl Thomas, and LaMarcus Joyner, some of, the, some of those safeties you just mentioned that have gotten paid. The Bengals are in situation to pay a free agent on defense as their highest paid guy. Right now it's Geno Atkins, but we know that we're getting to the end of the road there. He's at 14 and some change right now. I think whether it's a linebacker, a D tackle, a safety, I think you look at it and it's Geno and it's Dunlap are really the only two guys that are locked up for a significant time on this defense. It's That's the old guard. They don't have anyone young that is worthy of paying, or I shouldn't say that because we think William Jackson should go down that line. We think Dark Wisnard should get paid. But point being is they don't have one right now that yeah. they've already done this to. So I think th- it's a good situation. They're about $25 million spending less on defense than they are on the offense. They're one of the uh, least paid defensive groups in the league right now in terms of cap space. I think we could be in position where they do spend a little bit of money on that side. Anthony Harris would be a guy I'd definitely target. 
he was an old rookie. He's only got four years in the league, but he's 28 years old. So he would be looking at, you wouldn't want to go more than four years. Right. This is on his only payday. Unfortunately for him, he, he maybe, you know, sometimes right. safeties play a little bit later, but he's definitely going to be looking for the, the lifetime set me up contract here. And there's one other defensive back on the Vikings. It's at least worth talking about, I think. And that's mm-hmm. Trey Waynes, who was a first-round pick, picked 11th overall out of Michigan State back in 2015, also four years in the league, 27 years old, rated very similarly to Darquez Denard, but he's he's a boundary guy, right? He's more similar to Drake Kirkpatrick mm-hmm. in terms of splashy plays. He'll make he, You can like depend on him for a certain extent in knowing what he can do, but he's going to he's gonna blow some coverages. He's going to give up some passes that he probably shouldn't. But I think Trey Wayne's very similar to Kirkpatrick. Uh, you could probably sign him if you're letting go of Dre, who makes nine to ten million. I can't remember what it is, but it's significant enough to to probably release him. And I'm not sure what his market value is. I think some teams will see the pedigree, former first round pick. I think that has a big impact during free agency, and he may get a little bit more money to make it worth it. Yeah, he is PFF's thirty eighth ranked free agent in their list of the top fifty. Anthony Harris is number three. Just to give you an idea of how good PFF has or has graded Anthony Harris. But Trey Wayne's a lot of speed has been very good for PFF grades anyway in run defense. But like you said, Joe, he's had some issues with the burn. And mm-hmm. with all that speed, you wouldn't expect it. But that's uh, got to be a, a reason that if Mike Zimmer can't get a cornerback to play well, that's maybe a little bit of a flag because he's generally weird. a secondary wizard. And he gives them time, and he's had time to develop, yeah. and he hasn't been able to beat out um, Xavier Rhodes, and I think he's been outplayed by some lower draft picks. Anyways, want to move on to the Seahawks? Yeah, let's they get lost. On to the Seahawks. An entertaining game to the Packers, right? I actually wanted to see uh, Jimmy Graham get stopped on that last play just to get Russell Wilson one last drive with time running out. But their entire defensive line are free agents from Jadavion Clowney and Ezekiel Ansah on the edge. But really, all of their D tackles are, are where I'm looking at. Because I don't think they're going to go for an edge guy. I think, if anything, the edge, again, for the Bengals, you feel good about it on paper. If anything, I'd like to give them relief by getting a, a pass-rushing defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, it would free up Hubbard from the interior where he hasn't been great. Sure, it gives you some versatility options when he rushes next to Atkins. Uh, but I'd also like to give Atkins a little bit of a break, especially on the early downs. So I'm looking at their interior guys of Jerron Reed and Quentin Jefferson. Reed was suspended to start the year, if you don't remember why he uh, wasn't in that first game, week one. But look at 2018. He had 55 pressures and 11 sacks, according to PFF. And I'm not sure he's going to get a huge deal. He, there's a lot of free agent tackles from that class, Billings being one of them. It, it's a strong group. I wonder if that money is going to get watered down. This may be a position you can target some of these low-end guys from that class that are still young and find a keeper. I think Jerron Reed would be one of them. Yeah, he could be a significant boost, especially if he returns to form from previous years. was really good in that playoff game against Green Bay as well. Had a bit of a down season by his standards, which could, as you mentioned, lower his price tag a little bit. That's something that the Bengals could certainly be interested in. He's also in PFS list of the top 50 free agents. The other guy that we want to talk about from the Seahawks that I think is a little bit more of an under-the-radar type prospect is Quentin Jefferson, who also played kind of the same position, was a little Mm. bit worse as a pass rusher, but very strong as a run defender and still offers you a little bit of juice 
as a pass rusher. He's estimated from Spotrack to be worth about a $5.1 million annual average value. He's just 26 years old. And he was the other guy dominating that week one game. He was plugged in for Dron Reed while he was suspended. If you remember, Clowney made his impact, right? And they were like trying to double Clowney and keep him out of there. And it was Jefferson that kept messing stuff up on the inside, especially in the run game. And I said, who is this Quentin Jefferson guy? And Because I, I didn't know. I mean, it was his fourth year, really. The first year he's getting significant snaps like that in a full game. And I was like, wow. Throughout the year watching the Seahawks, he continued to make plays and at least be a force against the run. I do think he's athletic enough to at least – offer something as a pass rusher but you know I, I look at it like I want a D tackle that can rush the rush the passer go next to Atkins and nickel spell Atkins a little bit but you got to be able to defend the run D tackle is a position right now where the Bengals got to make a choice on where they want to go with their future with Billings being a free agent Tupo being a, an exclusive rights free agent so they have to figure out do they want to get smaller get more athletic help out Atkins a little bit more especially behind him or stay with the big nose tackle types that haven't really defended the run well enough as a unit i think obviously adding linebackers will help but when we move on to afc we got a perfect guy there for nose tackle if they want to stay big and previously we talked about mike daniels at some point that's right that's another interior guy that you could look at as kind of the pass rusher on the on the same side maybe it's two guys right maybe it's you bring back josh tupo because he's been absolutely great for for Mm -hmm. where he came from he has been very impressive as a nose still young still young and then you get a three tech to go along with it you probably still need an, another nose but maybe that's just Renell Ren, right and, and exactly you you roll with those guys on the other hand if they are going more three four which seems to be the direction they're going you know three down linemen they're going to want probably one extra guy so it'll be interesting to see how they construct the roster there but let's get to the AFC because maybe we'll find a guy that can just fill both needs Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go. Not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there. Go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year, and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona, take yourself a little spring break, plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Free agency Friday. That's how we transition from a break. (laughs) The AFC teams that we're going to go over today, the Ravens, AFC North rivals, lose to the Titans in epic fashion. 
But having said that, they have a couple players. And mainly, I think we're going to look at one linebacker that makes a lot of sense in terms of he's been productive now for two different teams. I don't think he'll get a lot of money. That's Josh Bynes, someone they were able to pick up out of nowhere, inexplicably, as the good teams seem to do. The other one for me, I think, is an obvious one. Do you want to upgrade from nose tackle? And we we kind of ended the last segment this way. I think this is where we were leading with the Ravens, even though the next team has one too, in a sense. But Michael Pierce, he's been their big body nose tackle for a while now, paired with Brandon Williams, who they've kept. Pierce, I don't think they'll be able to. The Ravens don't have that much money, and I think paying two nose tackles just doesn't make a lot of sense for them. Uh, Spotrock has him right now for $5 million, and that's because he's a nose tackle. But I, my idea here is maybe you don't pay billings. Maybe you keep uh, Tupo on a cheap deal because he's his exclusive rights, and you still pay Michael Pierce, and then you try and draft a three-tech or something to really overhaul that defensive line. That's one of two options, right? Either you can give them another pass rusher to throw into the mix and have Ren out Ren back up. Uh, Tupo, if you don't keep Billings, or you can get a significant upgrade. And I think Michael Pierce represents that. Michael Pierce has certainly given the Bengals' interior offensive line some problems over the years. He's a year separated from his best year, actually had a bit of a down year in 2019, which could potentially drive down his price a little bit. Spotrack currently estimates him at about $4.7 to $5 million annual average value, comparing him to guys like Jordan Phillips, Malcolm Brown, Jonathan Hankins. And if you could get Michael Pierce for $5 bucks, I think you're you're laughing, right? That's a great deal for a player that has showed tremendous upside in the past. Good run defender for sure. And just like some of the other guys we've talked about, has a little bit of juice as a pass rusher. And for a team that's going more to the 3-4, could be your true nose tackle type when they're lined up in those sets. Yeah, they've been in multiple defense for how long in Baltimore? So he would be able to transition for whatever the Bengals throw out there, which last year was a lot of multiple looks. And having a guy that... Yeah, he's a role player because he's probably at, you'd probably be happy if he's out there 350 snaps maximum in a year, maybe 400, maybe get up to 500. But I think if that happens, that means you're probably losing some games and teams are running on you. Uh, so I think in a, in a good situation, you're paying him five million for 400 snaps, but good run defending big body snaps. I think he makes a lot of sense. Josh Bynes, though, what do you got on him, Jake? Uh, what do you make of him? really being out there and no one really picking him up until the Ravens did. And then now is he, he may be of the guys we've looked at because we don't, we only have written down Joe Schober and Kevin Pierre Lewis. We didn't mention Nick Kwiatkowski for the bears. Josh Bynes is probably the next guy of the guys we've gone through at linebacker. For the teams we've looked at so far, I think that Bynes needs to get some consideration. He's not going to be a top tier free agent type of guy, but he went into Baltimore off the street in week five. And from that point on, in the season, that defense got much better. For the first six weeks or so of the season, I remember when we previewed that game in week six, I said, the Ravens' defense hasn't been that good this year. This is a good chance for the Bengals to get their offense going, especially because Andy Dalton had some success against the Ravens in his career. And then Josh Bynes played really well in that game. He was targeted three times, gave up one catch for 23 yards, had a pass breakup, had a couple other defensive stops. I mean, that's a pretty good game and he didn't exactly come out of nowhere it's a mystery to me that he wasn't signed going into the season the downside to him is that he's 30 years old 
but he had two solid years for Arizona before he just went unsigned as a free agent. This is a guy that the Bengals could have signed in the offseason. We would have looked at his PFF numbers and been like, okay, this guy can right. be a role player. And I'm not saying that Josh Mines is going to come out here and be your starter every down kind of guy. Like I said, he's not a priority signing in my opinion. And I think that the Ravens will probably try to bring him back just because of the, the juxtaposition of before and after his signing, mm-hmm. how good he was for him. He was great in the playoff game against Tennessee too, had an 87 grade from PFF. So he's somebody that you have to consider. On the other hand, he's 30. Why did it take him until week five before he landed on a team? And, and why has he never kind of been a big name? So again, not a huge priority for me, but if he's out there, I think that as somebody that you don't let him get to week five next year, if he's out there and you're the Bengals, you need a linebacker. And that's the thing that they need. They need multiple levels, right? They can go out for the Corey Littleton, Joe Schobert, but that's why we mentioned Kwiatkowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis and maybe now Josh Bynes because they need more than that. If you just look at their depth chart right now, it's basically Jermaine Pratt and that's it. I mean, maybe Hardy Nickerson is going to make the roster again somehow, but point being is they need a number two, number three, number four. They they need some depth and starters. So I think even if Josh Bynes doesn't command a lot of money or doesn't get a lot of traction, traction in free agency again, maybe that's where you come back around and into the wave two or three and say, you know what, we still need a third linebacker, even though we've signed one. Let's bring in Josh Bynes. Yeah. And so that's kind of where he's interesting to me. I don't, does he go on our list? I think he goes on our list because I think the, the output of all this is we're going to come up with our Bengals top 50 free agent targets yeah. list. And he'd be somewhere maybe in the 30s, 40s. Right. Currently, I've got wave one, wave two. So, like, priority yeah. free agents, right? You better go out and throw some money at it on the on the spot. You know, Javon Hargrave or Anthony Harris. What about wave or, three? Right. And I think yeah. Josh Bynes would probably go wave three. Like, yeah. I'm not interested unless it becomes a value. Well, but so is Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I mean, those guys are kind of in the same. I mean, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, I would call and actively say, okay, what's your price? Three, three and a half? Okay, we want you. All right. So That's so different than Bynes. Price point and, and track record, sure. not necessarily. Like, you're looking at upside a little bit. Yeah, of course. Okay. Right. So, so let's... speaking of upside, let's talk about yeah. the Texans and probably the the most exciting guy we're going to... Well, Anthony Harris is really exciting, but the yeah. other most exciting guy we're going to talk about all day on this episode, and it's another... AJ McCarron. Oh, oh, not AJ McCarron. That's the most exciting. <laughs> I do have AJ McCarron written down as a potential uh, backup quarterback. Sure. Whatever. I don't that's care. Not, that's not where you were going? Who, who, where were you going? I was going DJ Reader. Of course. Oh, right, right, right. He was a fifth-round pick for the Texans back in 2016. 166 overall, went to Clemson, just 25 years old, and has had a great deal of success for the Houston Texans. Reader's really good for them. Uh, I remember when he came out, a lot of people liked him coming out in the draft. Is Look how well he moves for a big guy. Look how strong he is. And he's been that for the Texans. And in fact, uh, when they've needed some interior pass rush, because they really haven't had it. When J.J. Watt's been out, and then they lose Clowney, and Mercy, uh, Whitney Merciless has been in and out of being a linebacker and a, and a pass rusher. D.J. Reader's been their guy that's been the consistent uh, force inside for them. And I think Spotrock has him as an estimated $12 million in the offseason, but I think he's the type of guy you look at as a complete upgrade where I think Michael Pierce is a positional or role upgrade. For me, DJ Reader would would signify signify. Can I keep going? Signify a complete 
put him next to Geno Atkins. You're paying two premium defensive tackles because you want to shore up the run and get to the quarterback from the inside. And DJ Reader is not going to rush to pass her as well as Geno Atkins did in his heyday, but he is a well-rounded player that can be an every-down player. He can rush the passer, as you said, Joe, at an above-average level, especially for a guy that plays the run as well as he did. He had a career year in 2019. I, I see no reason that you wouldn't at least give him a call and be like, hey, we've got some money to spend. We've got to sure up this defense. And this is something that we're going to talk about next week, right? So we've got our free agency Friday, and then on on Monday, on Sunday night when we record – we're going to look at a few interesting things that kind of tie into this. And a lot of that goes into the same discussion we started this show with the trade back conversation. Well, here's why you don't need to trade back. And instead of yelling at the Bengals to trade back and keep doing what they've been doing in terms of not playing in free agency, why aren't we yelling at the Bengals to play in free agency? Yes. Because this is the perfect opportunity, Joe, as you said, to do that. So we'll get into that next week. Talk about the Tyler dragon piece that the Bengals are zeroing in on Joe Burrow, which comes as no surprise, but it's nice that there are some sources inside the organization saying so. The Bengals.com piece that has some quotes from some Bengals offensive coaches on Joe Burrow. And we'll take a look at the Bengals salary cap outlook and why it makes sense now more than ever to play in free agency. Until then, Bengals fans, have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.